Bom, bom, bom. We are back and we are back for Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet number 32. And I am here with two very special guests today. Lisa Tatani and Courtney Tyler, which is soon to be changed, maybe or maybe not. Who knows in this day and age? Keep the name. Don't keep the name. These ladies have a fair bit to do with motorsport and... The interesting part is, I don't think you're allowed to call it women in motorsport anymore. It's just motorsport, but you appear to be women in motorsport. Isn't that a fascinating place to be for you two? Yeah? Yeah. So Very fascinating. First, first <laughs> as you can see, this will take a bit to warm up, but what I'm interested in is what it is like to, you know, it's a male-dominated sport, no doubt about that. And when you look into it, you can see more and more f females coming into the sport. And I think it's great to see. I mean, if anyone can drive a car, you know, at the same speed as anyone else, they should be able to race with anyone else. Or if any, I'd have to say, if I had to organise anything to do with a race meet, I don't think it would be particularly successful. So you guys seem to be all over it, as both been in charge of categories. Um, Courtney, you're in charge of the Australian Prototype Series. Well, yeah, I, I was. Yep, oh. yep, yep. I'm in charge of Jam Motorsport now, uh, though. Yeah, so she'll put her a little bit on a side side bench because we do have someone running that. But yes, Aaron would be in a lot of trouble if you weren't sitting there running the team. Uh, yeah, I think he would be. Let Let's be honest. Like you just said, I don't think our drivers <laughs> would get to the racetrack if it weren't for me. Um, just putting it out there. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree on that. And I don't think Aaron could cook anything as well. <laughs> Um, which is part of the beautiful hospitality that we get. And Lisa, you are tied up with the supercars. Yep, Dunlop Super 2 Series. So what what is the Super 2 Series? Uh, so when you see main game on TV, which is uh, yeah, supercars itself, the um, second category, development category, is Super 2. Um, it's gone through a few name changes here and there, but um, up and coming stars of the future, I suppose. So in, a, in Australia, when we had Holden and Ford, Everyone wanted to race, not everyone, but a lot of kids wanted to race in the V8s. And there was a big avenue uh, address with Ford and Holden. And now that's gone, do you think that's going to affect the V8s moving forward? Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like a lot of the fans of supercars are still your older generation who grew up with your Brocks and your Moffats yep. and they affiliate themselves with a Holden, like a blue or Ford flag. Uh, but I think times are changing now and if we want to encourage younger people and different types of people who don't necessarily come from motorsport background, I think maybe you need to move away from the Holden and Ford. Yeah. So when you talk about with with what's going on with the in with the industry in regards to your Super 2, which looks after, you've got the main category V8s and that's what people see on TV. You see both on TV, but they're all the headline drivers. And then the cars that are not old, but not new enough to be in that category go in the Super 2s. Yep, that's correct. So are you getting many young kids coming through there? Yeah, heaps. It's a good bunch of kids. A lot of the past champions, like your Scott McLaughlin's, um, I think your wing cups, your Mark Winterbottoms have all come through Super 2, um, gone on to achieve great things. So are they all still coming, like, uh, you know, are kids coming through there now, like you see with F1, you've got Schumacher's kids are coming through, they're all, they all come through. Do you, do you think that's the category to do it if you want to race V8s in the country? 
I haven't driven one myself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so are there definitely. any women racing in that class? Not at the moment. There has been. Um, you might know Emily Duggan, mm. the name. Mm. Um, yeah. and She's an ambassador oh, actually, for Girls on Track. Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah. Actually, I do tell a lie. There's Super 3, which is... I think she was in Super 3. Yeah, yeah, and there's another girl, um, Ellie Morrow, who um, she's come from go-karting and Super 3 is a step below Super 2, um, so she's got a bit of talent and speed coming through. Because there's one thing in a racetrack, it, it doesn't matter what you are, girl, guy, whatever their other things are, like it's whatever the time is, is the time, and that's that's where you'll sit on the grid. And that's I think it's a great leveller motorsport. And a lot of people sit there and watch things go round and round. My wife sits there and gets bored after a few laps, God knows how, but she says, how do you do it for so long? Like, yeah, it's one of those things that if you're good enough to be at the top of the list or onto the, the grid, then that's where you'll finish. And I think that's why anyone could race in motorsport, male or female. Do you think that? Yeah. You put a helmet on in a race suit and I think underneath you don't know who it is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Courtney. So where, where did you be brought up, Cordy? In South Australia? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So born and bred in South Australia on the farm. Yeah. Um, farm girl. I, farm girl. Yeah. Um, then I moved overseas, did the overseas thing, and then I moved to Sydney, and then I moved back to Adelaide, which is where I met Aaron. And I think I put it in my bio, I probably kind of fell into motorsport a little bit from meeting Aaron because he is a mechanical engineer. Um. But I, I recall going to, you know, I think I said it as well, going to an F1 um, race meeting and Clipsal and going, geez, this is cool, but I have no idea how I'd get involved in this. Um, and then I met Aaron and uh, we started our own business. Yeah. So what what, do we, what is Jam Motorsport? So we're a motorsport team based at the Ben Motorsport Park. Um, we... Uh, a distributor for the Wolf racing cars that are manufactured in Italy. So we're the only Australian distributor. Um, they're a prototype car. Um, but basically in layman's terms, how I describe it to people who are not close to it, uh, you buy a car, you bring it to us, we service it, we take care of it. Um, and the clients go racing. They literally arrive at the track. I have their suit, helmet, their car, their mechanic, the food. They're jocks washed. <laughs> They're jocks washed. <laughs> <laughs> I do only do that for John Paul Drake. <laughs> I leave after, like, I literally arrive and drive, right? It's a service. Yes. And yeah. I, I literally race in, rip off all my clothes, put on clean clothes, throw them into a bag, and then the next race meet. Wow, they're all cleaned. It's like the magic fairies come through. <laughs> Everything's cleaned, helmets cleaned, shoes are clean. And it's like that's that's what I have because my time, I don't I don't have time to sit there and do all the stuff on the car. Yeah. And it's an arrive and drive style. And I, I think from well, that's obviously how I've met you. Yes. Yeah. It's a pretty tough industry. There's so many different car categories out there. And, in fact, there's too many car categories mm -hmm. out there and, you know, cams have got to pull their heads in and, and start concentrating on making the current categories profitable so everyone wins. But mm -hmm. cams just seems to want to bring new categories to town, keep introducing new categories, F4, keep introducing new categories, and then plenty of money gets put into it, my money, my cams money gets put into it, and 
it becomes a it's like we, we want all these categories but no one makes money and mm. that doesn't work motorsports are very expensive sport yes it is and it's it is a tough it's a niche niche market as well it's um you know risky having a motorsport team you don't know like Somebody could ring up tomorrow and go, I'm not racing ever again, sell my car. And that's that's a lot out of our business. But I think also you touching on the amount of categories, <coughs> there, there are too many. It's a bit saturated. So we want to see bigger grids and that's precisely why we want to try and bring the APS and the radicals together, um, which we were hoping for next year, but maybe, maybe the year after. Well, it totally makes sense. Uh, but in saying that, introducing a whole lot of new categories to the country, you know, we've got, you know, the cool looking prototypes like ours and then, yep. you know, then they brought in the F4s, but I think they're gone now. Then the Formula 5000s and, you know, there's a few people literally paying, getting paid to drive those. I mean, no one is in those categories and making money, which makes you wonder how long they'll last. And, I, you know, it's all got to be about longevity, really, mm. and no matter what you do. And do you, do you notice it as what you have to look after? You know, you, do, you don't you don't deal to the day to day dealings of what's going on in the team. Uh, you is that do you or not? Uh, not. I mean, kind of like I dabble in it, but I'm more so. You know, with, there's a race meeting coming up. I'm literally organising everything to do with the you know getting us to the race meeting. In terms of you know the series side of things, I I'm not involved in. Obviously, that is a huge conflict of interest and I did realize that after I'd done the category <laughs> manager role where I was in some sticky situations so um I think Aaron has been involved before but again he stepped back because we're we're a team and we don't want to have that conflict with the series and but I'm always out there actively promoting people to enter into the Australian prototype series whether you race a radical west or a wolf and you're part of a different motorsport team um, I'm, you know, talking to the people in their garages, are you going to enter? You know, there's no, I'm, I do try and encourage people to enter. And, um, just on the weekend when we had a race meeting at the bend, there is one person who's going to enter every round of the Australian prototype series so, next year. So you've won, you've, you've, you've drawn them in. Yeah. Are, are you, uh, Lisa, are you playing the same active role in recruiting <laughs> or what, what does your, what's a day look like for you? Um, in your role? Oh, is this for Super 2 or XL? For Super 2. Uh, I'm also on operations side like Courtney as well. Um, it's not necessarily my job or role to encourage people or promote it or get people to sign up for a season, um, but more so to look after those who have decided to take on the category and race. Um, so just making sure that they have what they need to get on track, basically. And once they do, as you might have seen in Sydney or Bathurst, um, driving standards-wise, not up to me. So <laughs> <laughs> You just get them there? How they, how they drive is totally up to them? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sometimes hard. I don't know if you find it too, but when you're so emotionally connected to the sport or the category, it's sometimes a bit hard to separate yourself because you do so much work pre-event and... If the racing doesn't go ahead, mm -hmm. it can be a real downer. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I do. Yeah. So obviously having lockdowns and, you know, places you can't actually go must cause some dramas. No? Or you just, no? No dramas? Just, it, you uh, don't go to that event? Above and beyond me yeah. a little bit? Yeah, it's all above and beyond. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, talking about events and stuff, a um, bit of a touchy subject, but South Australia's got no major events for next year. Yeah. Um, the Supercars calendar has been announced and so is not the full Shannon's calendar, but the bend has missed out, which without, yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame for SA Motorsport. So. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I, I don't know. The track is great to drive as a competitor. It's oh, unbelievable. But... Um, Maybe relations between certain categories and certain people aren't the best. Yeah, well, this is a usual. I mean, I hear this all the time in motorsport, and it's that's so much ego. It it's actually it'll be the thing that harms the sport because someone might have some money to get categories across the line, but you know, I talk about that with us and the radicals. It, it to, we're we're the same cars. Like you could have two totally different categories. Racing with 30 cars on the grid rather than two races, both with 15, it all makes total sense. I I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be here, but I wouldn't want to come to the bend. I, it, out of all the tracks I've been to in Australia, it's by far the best track, hands down. Like there's nothing close to it that I've driven on, which is most things. I haven't driven Bathurst, but... <laughs> You know, Sydney Motorsports, my second favourite, and, you know, Phillip Island is my third favourite, but the bend is so good. And it makes total sense to use that as a, a place to go, but would, would you think that we could ever get another street circuit back, like the Adelaide 500 or, you know, Adelaide, call it whatever you want, something Adelaide? Do you think that will ever happen? I'm optimistic and I, okay. I'm looking forward to hopefully... Bring it back, Bring it like back, Lisa yeah. for PM for Adelaide uh, <laughs> race. Yeah, uh, if we could get that going, I think that would be something you'd be definitely. Not that um, someone sent me a link this morning with um, a lot of the gear that's currently on auction yeah. from the Adelaide 500. Yeah. Yeah. Never I've mind. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything cool? Could we buy something for here? I mean, we've got a warehouse. Um, you could. Yeah, like a like a, a grid walk or something, like a tower. A footbridge. Footbridge. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Some concrete bollards. Let's yeah. look it up. Let's let's try and find some of this stuff. What where what site's it on? You know? Oh, oh. Not Grey's online. No, 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 no not Grey's. No, no. We'll, we'll we're find gonna, it. Look it up. Maybe we can buy some stuff for the warehouse. I reckon we need some stuff. Is it big enough to have your own little go-kart? Yes, it yeah. is. I've got go-karts out the back. Wow. That's right, you do too. Set it up. Have the Adelaide five hundred here. <laughs> supported by Drake's. Yeah, yeah like supported by Drake. There we go. Yeah. Uh, did the bend inherit it or not? So we could have the we could have the Adelaide Point Five Hundred. <laughs> you could set up uh, a little track out there uh, and have it here. Hmm. Okay, I reckon we should do that, Ollie. What do you Ollie, What do you think? Come on, mate. You got a crazy look in your eyes. Yeah, I we should you've got do the it. Power to get the big yeah. games too. right. Yeah. Okay. I can coordinate Let's anything. We can get it back. <laughs> Don't worry, Adelaide. Um, you're, you know, things are safe with us right here. I don't know if they would be, but anyway. So where did you start out, Lisa? You, did you start in Adelaide or did you move here? One of the, the, the kind people to see the light and move to Adelaide or? Born and bred here. Born and bred. Love it. Yeah. I think Adelaide's always one of those places, or side note, Adelaide's always one of those places where you dread and you want to get out of. And then when you're out, you're like, oh, it's actually not too bad. So, mm -hmm. um. Yeah, come and gone. Um, did all my schooling here. Went to uni interstate. Haven't finished my uni. 
because other things keep popping what up. What are you studying? What, what, uh, what are you studying? I started with political uh, science. Oh, so okay. Government and stuff is actually. Wow, great. maybe you could be the one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I reckon. I'm actually a bit well, of a greenie you, at heart too, but let's not. And what? Actually, a bit of a greenie at heart. Okay. So let, okay. <laughs> that's a whole nother. That's a conflict. It's a massive <laughs> conflict, right? Yeah. <laughs> Could you bring the esports? Yeah, through? I think they're trying. Yeah, they are trying. They are I trying. have read that. Yeah, they're trying. Um, yeah. Anyway, came back here, worked a bit, um, got a job with supercars, went to Sydney. Um, COVID hit, came back, and now based in the Gold Coast, um, which I haven't warmed to yet. Yep. But um, yeah, just back here for, for Christmas, which is nice. Okay, I spent some time in the Gold Coast, and Gold Coast is getting a race uh, next year. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. So it didn't happen this year just because of. COVID and crowds and all that, but um, it's another good street race, a bit of a party atmosphere. So looking forward to that October next year. Yeah, wild party atmosphere. I, the IndyCar used to be wild and then then they just made it feral. <laughs> wacky, <laughs> like literally wacky and some V8s and all of a sudden. It's like Bathurst, but the opposite. Uh, it used to be so yeah, feral and right. now so tame. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I've heard uh, stories of okay. like burning of couches and setting cars alight at the top of the mountain and now it's all family atmosphere. So. Wow. There's like, hope for the Gold Coast, yeah. May, maybe there, yeah, this family, uh, you hear about it all the time. Uh, we rock, I had a buck show the other day and we rocked up at Lot 100 and the guy walks in the door, I was with one of the bucks, and the guy goes, oh, I had a, few too, had a few too many beers, and he's like, not enough, and just walks right past him. And the guy goes, mate, this is a family-friendly venue. And we hadn't said anything. It was like, <laughs> we were just walking in. And I was like, man, we actually haven't said anything. So we weren't there for that long. Already offended. Already offended, which is quite easily to do. So how do you go from political science into motorsport? Uh like my earliest motorsport memory was sitting on the couch at home watching the HRT cars, probably a Scaife and Todd Kelly race on TV. Yep. Didn't think anything of it. And then Adelaide 500 or Clipsal as it was then came to town and begged my dad, like totally begged and cried and threw tantrums for him to take me um, as a spectator. Um, and yeah, I did miss a family, very special family occasion for that. Um, so hopefully they forgive me or have forgiven me. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just I remember sitting in the grandstand and it was pouring with rain and it was right in the gap. I don't know if you remember or know the front grandstand of the Adelaide 500, but it yeah. had all the sails that have the gaps in them. And we was perfect, like sat perfectly in the gap. It was pouring with rain. I'm trying to eat my Euros lunch and it's getting soaked. And my dad just goes to me and says, like, why are we here? And what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't know, just sort of fell into it. I think that's a really good point that you made. Um, just managed to get hold of cams as they were and, you know, they sort of pointed me in the right direction of what clubs that you could join mm. and just went from there. Yeah. So so did you race go-karts at all? No. No, no I didn't do any of that. So no, 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 no sort of history, I want to do go-karts, want to get into car racing at all? No. What, how did you eventually get into car racing? Uh, did a South Australia is quite good. We've got a few programs which are run by different car clubs um, for juniors just to get involved um, as a low key type thing. And did one of the programs. I'll just give a shout out to the Tarmac JDP <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a kid that um, is interested in getting involved. And um, did that. Uh, never driven manual before or anything like that. And then from there got into the XLs, which is a cheap and cheerful way to start racing. It's pretty competitive, the XLs. 
It is, yeah. It is competitive and there's, I don't know what the numbers are now, but there's been things like 400 or so logbook cars ready to race in Australia, wow. So, which is massive. Um, but, yeah, you can still do it on the cheap for fun. So It's pretty hard to do too. So I, I once, I, I was at a race meet in the prototypes. I was like, yeah, I get bored while I'm waiting for one round to the other. So I said, oh, put me in the, another category. And they said, oh, what? The, the only thing is excels. I said, yeah, put me in an Excel. That'll be, so I'm going from a prototype into an Excel. So if you could imagine something that looks like a Formula One car to something that looks like an Esky with wheels. <laughs> and, and, and and we're sitting, I'm like, oh, you know, what do you do, you know? And I, I was like, can't be that hard. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, accelerate. Yeah, never driven the, I'd never driven this Excel before except for in the race. So take off and I'm like, man, everyone is overtaking me. Like fucking <laughs> yeah. everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with this car? Like it's something, <laughs> it's definitely not the driver. Something is wrong with this car. So I'm sitting there, it's got no taco. You have to sort of guess when you're changing gears. And and I was like, all right. So eventually got to qualifying and blah, blah, blah. Then in the race, so the race got started. And I was, you know, mid to back of the pack. like, And I and I'm, was at that stage more mid to front. So it was like, oh, that's okay, different car. And I had this battle with this person, like backwards and forwards. I'd, I'd overtake, they'd overtake. I was like, yeah, like this was, it was actually pretty cool. Like I was like, you know, in, in motorsport, you just want to race someone and yeah, winning's good. But when you get to my age, you're more concentrated. I want racing. Like I'm not there trying to win the world championship. And it was a ding dong battle. And then, so I got, we finished the race. I got out, went to go high five them. And it was this five foot little girl. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was racing and I bumped her and like I was pushing her and and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> and I was I like, look, that. So and that funny. was my big, it doesn't matter what you are. Like it, it, it can be anyone can have that power and passion to drive like that. And I was bumping her too. I almost bumped her off the track. Like it was because it was so tight the whole way. And she would have been like 15 years old and she was so excited. Like she said, oh, thanks for pushing me on. Like I was like, fuck, look at that. Fucking hell. Fuck me. <laughs> that was the last time I raced myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I nearly beaten by a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And that was mid to, mid, to end, mid to the back of the pack. So yeah. Have you had many races? Have you raced much in the Excels or? Uh, not as much as what I should have. Initially at first, um, I was a bit scared of getting, not scared of getting behind the wheel and racing, but I get so emotionally attached to my car as I get emotionally <laughs> attached to nearly everything, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to damage anything, I suppose. So that held me back a lot and I didn't think I was fast enough, but I've done a few, I've done two races at Malala this year and um, passed a few people. Like that was sort of me winning my own world championship, making a few passes and um, never going to win a race as such, unless it's reverse grid and (laughs) (laughs) everyone starts a lap down. But yeah. (laughs) Well, it's all about having fun. Yeah, totally. And I think with the excels, you can really see it as it's at a, it seems like a class that a lot of people want to come in and try and so they do try at that sort of level so it does make it pretty 
pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah, it does. We're pretty lucky in SA. I'm biased, but we've got such a great community and we've got like 42 to 45 cars that are sort of built and ready to go. So um, we've got a good but bad problem, I guess, coming up in the next year or so of grid densities. So It's hard to get an XL though, yeah? It is getting harder. Yeah, people are um, hoarding them as such mm. and the price is being inflated. So um, yeah. if there's anyone out there who's got one that wants to sell... I've got one. You know, please uh, I'm trying make to contact. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find a sale. Um, Courtney, FIA Girls on Track. What's yes. that all about? So it is a um, program for aimed at girls 8 to 18, um, introducing them into the world of motorsport through STEM. So basically it was created by Susie Wolf, um, who... Uh, originally actually called it Dare to be Different and it started in the UK and then uh, CAMS or Motorsport Australia now uh, brought it out to Australia Um, and it's been running, oh God, probably three or four, probably longer. I don't know how long it's been going for. I've only really become heavily involved the last couple of years and I learnt about it through my role in APS when I was doing the category manager role. Paul Riordan, Panda, at Motorsport Australia actually pointed it out to me and I said, oh, what is this all about? So I became involved that way and my first event was at the failed F1 in Melbourne in 2020. So oh. I got through got through the gate. And then COVID hit. Then COVID hit. Everyone knows where they were <laughs> that day. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there and... Um, yeah, didn't actually get to do the event. So my first event was only a couple of months ago, actually. Um, we had it at the Ben Motorsport Park. So what what <laughs> happened? Yeah, so what happened to the event? So the girls, um, so it's all run by Motorsport Australia and they um, elect some ambassadors, so women in motorsport. Um, so there's the likes of Jess Dane from Triple Eight Racing, Romy, she's from Triple Eight Racing, she's an engineer. Emily Duggan, she's a race car driver. Emma Norda Francesco, she's in media. Um, Molly Taylor, who's a rally car driver. So they have lots of different ambassadors. This year, um, to enable the girls to have access to women, they've introduced champions. So I've just become a champion because it's a lot easier for girls who want to get involved in motorsport to have access to me rather than, you know, Jess Dane, who is exceptionally busy running Triple Eight Racing or whatever. So the girls register through their schools and they come out and they do a day um, like we just had at the Bend and we have like pit stop challenges, um, fitness and reaction. Um, They did a workshop tour and it's basically showing them all the different elements of motorsport that you can be involved in so that you can be a race car driver, you can be a mechanic, you can be an engineer, Um, my side of things, you can be a motorsport ops manager or a category manager, so the admin side of things. Um, And it just introduces them and creates awareness for the girls that probably didn't know how to become involved in motorsport and I think for me and I think I've said it um, at the last um, program that we did I didn't have that growing up and if I did maybe I would have maybe pursued it a lot a lot you know I would have taken notice in science and maths and maybe become an engineer for an F1 team or something because it is it's a great idea yeah and I'd never heard of it until you'd mentioned it um 
using the STEM subjects, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it it does make a lot of sense because there's so many different things that people probably don't even know until they do it. Yeah. Or they go to the track and they're like, oh, oh, someone's actually programming that car or, you know, oh, yeah. that's how you change your tyres and do some other things, more mechanical. Yeah. But there's so much more behind the scenes. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So um, there's obviously, yeah, the mechanical side and then there's the side that I do. Um, but then there's also um, the media side. So you can be a pit lane reporter or you can be a journalist or you can be involved in in that way. Like I think a lot of people, and I know I did it myself, is, oh, well, I can't be involved. I'm not a mechanic. I can't make a yeah. car go yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, but I can do everything else and that's that's what I do. I can't make our cars go fast, but I can wash suits and get you in your car on time and make sure your license is up to date and and all of that stuff so um yeah this program basically offers that to 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 girls and so how many people do you know how many people are involved uh, like you take that up um well i think we do it they do it around uh eight times a year or something and i know the one at the bend we had like close to 40 girls wow yeah so there's a lot. It's just getting that exposure out there. It's getting that contact with the schools, um, which Motorsport Australia do, but also I, I put them in contact with local schools here um, as well to start, you know, um, promoting the awareness that, hey, the, the program is actually at the bend as well. It's not just at your um, at F1 in Melbourne or, or at Bathurst. There was one at Bathurst, which I couldn't make, unfortunately. Um, just recently, I couldn't get there. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 growing a lot of momentum. I feel, and it's it's it is, it's not. I know you said you know it's not about women in motorsport. You know, um, it it's growing that awareness that hey, girls can be involved. You know, <coughs> I only had dinner with a driver last night. He drives um, locally, but he's driving in European Le Mans next year. And he goes, look, no offense, courts, but when I'm at the track, there's not many girls there. Like sometimes I'm the only girl at the racetrack. Um, probably different for supercars, I would say. There's a lot of yeah. females. But in terms of, you know, prototype series and, and the level that my clients race at, yeah, sometimes I am the only girl there. South Australia does lack, I yeah. suppose. It doesn't have the numbers, I suppose. I don't know if it's a population thing, but compared to eastern states, Um but like I was also going to say, like girls on track, motorsport is so difficult in the sense that, you know, every school has an Auskick class mm-hmm. or something or like yep. a hot yep. shots tennis come to your school. But motorsport, you just can't. It's not even looked at. No, you no. can't bring it to the class. Well, you can, but it's so much more difficult to bring mm. it to, you know, your school oval, whereas, you know, you have to go out and, and go find out, go it. Go to the racetrack, yeah. Yeah. So is that, are you, do you think you're helping this, is this getting better, do you think? Like where there is more access for um, girls, you know, at school, like coming through? Oh. I believe yes. And um, Motorsport Australia is showing that by promoting and actively, you know, putting the, the Girls on Track program on and offering it for free to school, school girls. Um but I think also the biggest thing is when I um, started with the Girls on Track program, I, one of the things I actually said was I, I, wouldn't, I didn't know how to get involved. And I think one of the things is 
promoting to young girls to go back to that grassroots level, go to your car clubs mm. and, and you know, go and, and I kind of wish that I've done this. I've kind of jumped straight in to what I'm doing now, but I, I really want to go and do, you know, marshalling and flags and Lisa, you would have done all of that. Yeah. Um, but accessibility wise, that's where, where girls should also, yeah, girls on track program is fantastic. But I, I had one girl out of that program go, this is fantastic, but I really want to come to the racetrack and see what you do and be around the cars and witness it. So she came to the racetrack. So I invited her along. She wants to be an engineer in F1 one day. Yeah. So she was like there looking at it going, okay, cool. Um, so it's not just that, it's it's getting involved at the grassroots level, I think, which is where yeah, you might have totally started, fair. I think, didn't you? Yeah. They, um, CAMS used to have a young officials program. That's right. Which yeah. used to run at the Clipsal. So um, people would register either through their school. I think that's what I did. Um, and then you'd spend the four days at the track in your groups and you'd go around to all the sort of volunteer roles that were available for yep. people. Because um, that's literally every role yeah. at, a, yeah. at a sporting, you, yeah. at a motorsport <clears throat> event. And, and I do that now. So I volunteer my time, even though I'm involved in a race team, I'm volunteering my time to get more experience. So I was supposed to be at Bathurst working for supercars. Um, I had too much going on here. But that was volunteering my time. Yeah. Um, and that you're exactly right. It's You have to volunteer your time to get involved. Um, the best way to get the experience. That's right, to get, to get the experience. It's a double-edged sword too because, you know, tell someone, oh, you just come out to the Bend or Malala for a day and just stand at a flag point. Like mm -hmm. it is, it's yeah. great, but <laughs> to tell them that you're going to do it for free, that's another thing to get around people's head, I suppose. Yeah. So unless you're totally dead keen. You have to be passionate about it. But, yeah. but there's no other way. Is there? There is no other way. Like I'm one of those, like, motorsport, yeah, it's great if you're driving the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without without getting controversial or anything, um, Motorsport Australia recently dropped the requirement for people to do their eight hours trackside um, to mm. upgrade their race licence. Um, so it used to be a way to get drivers out to a flag point or whatever and volunteer for the day just so they could see what everyone else from the other side of the fence was doing um and i don't know i've got my views on it as such um being able to see both sides of it but i think that was a real handy tool to you know to get people to volunteer yeah. i can't recall but i was going to say you should have you would have had i think I've, yeah, I've, had to, I've had to do flags yeah. as part I, I wasn't getting my license or anything like that but it you had to do yeah it was a day it was more yeah. than a day i think it was days but is that is that a rule or did they just make me do that? I'm trying no, to... they just, they saw John Paul Drake and <laughs> make him do <laughs> that. He'll fall for anything. Oh, oh that's what I... <laughs> You'll believe it. That's what I, that, so I was. And it's full on, like it's really tough work. And without hmm. that, you actually don't have motorsport. No. Because it's true. not like we're driving to win our trophy or anything like that. I think the only people paying out money is the V8 top division, um, supercars. I think no one else gets any... Prize money, I, I don't think. Uh, or oh, F1, obviously. Super 2, like, does. And I know with certain XL races, if the sponsor of that event will put they money might. up, yeah. they will. But 
It's not a... But it's small, yeah, far out, cover one tyre. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, you win 500 bucks. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Thank you. You're not going to retire. retire. That, <laughs> no. <laughs> you will not be retiring at all by by any any shot of the imagination. So um, the... Uh, I was just going to say yeah. with the girls on track, I did the Sydney Motorsport one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Park, you did and too, yeah. We had about 30 girls. Yeah. Um, and it was just so good to see 90% of the girls, like, were brought to the venue by their dad. So it was yes. so nice to see, like, father-daughter time. Yes, we had that too at the bend. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the, and the dads hung around because they wanted to see what it was all about as well. So from that, do you have – is there, is there any – one working at Jam Motorsport now, like one of the keen uh, engineers or God help them working with Aaron, poor <laughs> things. Actually, I wouldn't put it upon anyone. Um, but is there, you know, is there, can you see somewhere where you can feel like you can, you know, get, get one of these ladies into motorsport? Yeah, I, I would say definitely, potentially. Um, there was one of the girls that is wants to be a photographer. So she, she came out to the Adelaide Rally. Um, she was going to come back to the Girls on Track program that was supposed to be last weekend at the Bend, but that got cancelled. Um, so I'm going to start using her for photography for APS yeah. and JAM. Like when we come to the Bend, it's a bit hard to kind of fly her around. But I think definitely. Um, and I think the next step is when the girls do that program, which I'm going to work with Motorsport Australia on, is following them up and making sure they have the right you know everything that they need if they want to do and I think that's why Motorsport Australia have introduced champions so what happens is one of those girls goes oh my god one day I want to be a mechanic yep Motorsport Australia go fantastic you're based in Adelaide Courtney's based at the bend they'll put me in contact or they'll put this girl in contact with me yeah. And then what I can do through the school is have her come into Jam Motorsport and do her work experience at Jam Motorsport. Okay. So she can be with the the boys in the workshop and, and learn that way and then start doing, you know, maybe TAFE units or whatever um, through school. So that's how I kind of see. Okay. See and that's happen. how it's going to be. So there are champions yeah. Are you a champion? Oh, I'm not a champion no? on anything. No. no, but I think you make that that's so good that they do have the champions because <laughs> I think the program's still in its infancy. That it is. It, yeah, you can't. It's too early to track the progress of where the girls end up. Yeah, or it is. The ones yeah. who are really young, they're still, I don't know, too young. Too, too young. young. Yeah, it's kind of the older girls that we need to to try. So and what track, age? What age are you talking about here? Eight to eighteen. Eight. Yep. So how old's Layla? Is she eight. just gone eight? She could come out to the Perfect. next one. Wow, that's yeah, that's really young. They can that's start very driving young. from oh, I think it's 13, 13, tw- yeah, 12, 13. Out. They can start getting driving around. So, mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's very young. So some of the younger, younger girls would come out and be like, you know, oh, this is really cool, and maybe do something about it. But it's really the older girls that probably go, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, to make a career of it. Mm. Yeah, okay. Far out. I, yeah. I didn't even think it was so – I didn't realise it was so young. Yeah. Yeah, they are They are quite young. But I think um, getting them younger and, – and what I said before is just it's providing that exposure to them in a, in a um, you know, in that kind of platform that you didn't – like I wouldn't have ever thought of it when I was that age. 
Yeah. Um, now I'm older, I'm kind of like, God, kind of wish I had that now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, I've had Flavia on here from Fleet, and mm-hmm. she's a space engineer. Oh, she's a rocket scientist. Yeah. And she only does talks at female schools, like all, all girls' schools. And she was in that. No, you know, the boys are ahead already. Like, this is half a year. So she says it in the podcast. The boys are already ahead. Like, I'm helping the girls. Because if one of those girls turns in there and wants to be a rocket scientist, tick. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I've won. And she she does lots, multiple talks, like lots of talks through schools. And I, I thought about it, like, I was like, oh, what, what's that? You know, is that... Is that a bit sexist, don't you worry about it? She goes, no, yeah, it's it's not. It's giving them, it's broadening the horizons where I never had something like this yep. thrust upon me yep. from a young age. Yep. And to get them a bit interested in space and science and and these things that might not necessarily, and I, let, let, let's face it, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, like if you want to get into whatever you want to do, mm. you should be told, hey, yeah, you can do this. Where probably in the past, you know, all mechanics are blokes. Do you, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, but it's that stigma. I, I, that stigma is slowly changing. It sure, is. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think this program um, has a little bit to do with it, obviously. But um, like Flavia said, like if I have one girl come away from one of these days and goes, "That's what I want to do." Tick. That's that's a big tick for me. Yeah. Um, and exactly what Flavia said. I didn't have this thrust upon me, which is why I'm so passionate about. I mean, I love it. You have to ha- you have to be passionate about motorsport. It's long hours, it's long days, it's weekends, it's public holidays. It's you know, you have to be passionate about it. Um, but I think it's very rewarding at the same time. And like I like I said, if I had that opportunity when I was younger, I would have done it. Do you you feel the same as well, Lisa? Like. It is exciting. It's it's hard work. It it is varied. Do you get to choose when you work, or how, what's your working week look like when you're um, traveling with the traveling I've, with the supercars? I've had a bit of an interesting few weeks. So I started my current role back in September and just come off being on the road for about six seven weeks. Um, we did four weekends in Sydney, um, and then a six day event in Bathurst, and I think you know maybe one or two days off if yeah. that um during the whole time um but you know i i love my job and my job never feels like work so you know getting up early and driving to the racetrack and we work at eastern creek monday yeah. to friday until the racing starts um yeah it's i'm not at the stage of life yet as such where i need to start thinking about career or family type thing mm-hmm. so it's all career i guess for me um but I know that's something else that I guess comes into play for for older women so, or other women. Really. Yeah. So what's that Monday to Friday, Saturday, oh. Sunday look like? like oh, Monday to Friday is like operations is a lot of administration. Um, you know, you work when, it, when, it, sorry, when it's a race week, you're yep. working, you know, and as long as you need to to get the job done because um, you're going to make the next day easier. And then things like Bathurst, you're at the track at 6 a.m. and we didn't leave Sunday night until 11 um, because we have scrutineering of cars and stuff to do in our department and then we're back early Monday morning to, to pack up. So, yeah, it's just nonstop. You you get into the event, uh, you work for as long as you need to and then, yeah, you're back the next day, really, which it, that's not meant to sound 
like it's shit or anything. <laughs> no, it's it's so it's just, it's just what it is, isn't it? Is it? What it is, but it's so um, it's it great. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel it's, like it's work, really empowering actually yeah. um, to be in that sort of control and to have some leadership and mm. yeah, to be part of something. I don't know. Yeah, it's just so unique, really. Mm. Yeah. So, are you two the minority in what you're doing? I don't like looking at myself as a minority. No, no. Neither I do always I. Look, feel like are there more? Like, is there more girls, more boys? Is it? Oh, like, it's definitely more guys. Definitely more boys. Actually, but what is was... that the race? That's the racing component. But what about everything else? Is it still obviously from a supercars point of view? Like the, the whole the company as a whole is pretty, you know, fifty fifty. Yeah. Know, and, uh, yeah, media and and all that. There's a equal share of men and women um i know the department i'm in motorsport is heavily male dominated um there's two of us who are full-time in the department um other departments like tv and all that are quite equal um but women are really good organizers so i really Mm. feel the stuff that we do as sort of category managers and operations you know women would thrive and i've noticed in the supercars paddock there's a lot of female team coordinators yeah well, yes, that's what I, I yeah. you watch the F1 guys and when they go for their media afterwards, all of them have a, a lady with them, like watching everything they say, come here, come. And you can see them just grabbing them. <laughs> yep. Next one, next one, next one. Like it must be full precision. Like you got one minute. All right, let's go. Next. Go. Mate, if I was in charge of that, <laughs> it would be a shit show. <laughs> Like I, I would have one interview would be good. I wouldn't even listen to that one. Uh, but there's clearly things, and I say it should stick to your strengths. Organising ain't a strength, and that's why I have people around me that can far better organise. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the same for what you guys are saying? Like you're saying, hey, I think in general, mate, you know, it, there are, you know, there's plenty of roles. It's not like we're sitting there saying, hey, it's heavy lifting where it is technically male, like that is more male dominated, like a bricklayer or something like that. And no matter how you look at it, they, you know, guys in general can lift more than women. And um, we're not talking about that sort of thing. You're talking about, you know, organising, you're talking about technical, you could be technical engineering, you could be, you know, looking at computer screens for stats on how the cars are you could be doing social media you could be you know filming something like there's so many things that you when you really look at anyone can do it yeah. and yeah. do you guys think that yeah yeah i think we're I getting think, to a yeah. fine line this is a personal thing but i feel like we're getting to a fine line between encouraging women to try and do things that are male dominated and then crossing that line to we need a quota as such to yeah. we need certain number of women to do these things. Oh, no, 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 this is a this is gender, a fucking gender this balance. is a fucking great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like I hear this gender balance mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And interview panels <clears throat> gotta have gender balance. Like, you know, boards, they gotta be I mean, yep. I've just always thought it should be the best person for the role. And then I've been thrown back at saying, well, maybe there's not enough doors opened for females in particular board roles. And you're like, okay, well, may- maybe not. Maybe and that maybe that is a case of 
new generational leaders moving forward and not just, you know, not throwing a fucking woman on the board because she's a woman, actually putting her on the board because of what she can deliver. Yeah. And and I, it frustrates me when I see companies do it for the gender balance but not for it should be you're the best person for the role. And yep. that's what Nailed life's it. about. Yep. You've life's about it. best person for the role. Yep. And that's what makes the world go around. And I think there's 50-50 male females. Like you naturally should should have more progression of there should be more females in motorsport. And when you really look at it, there are doing roles they're stronger at. But when you watch F1 or something called V8, so all the pit crew you see, they're all blokes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, Lifting heavy things, carrying yeah. tires, like that's technically, and you can see why there's no women there. But you go behind the scenes, and there are there yeah, is, yeah, and there's even more room for that. And mm. uh, you know, I I find it interesting how the the blends coming through of trying to have more women for interviewing, and you know, um, Dana Patrick at the US F1, like. She was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I watched her, I remember, many years ago because she was f one of the first female NASCAR drivers, oh, I yeah. think. And she knew her, into, like, she was good. She knew I her thought, stuff. fucking yeah. go, you. Like, and that's when you go, best it doesn't matter, job. best yeah. person for the job. Yeah. And, yeah, it was in Houston. I, I was in Texas. And I was like, damn, she's fucking good. Mm. And she was clued on her questions to the drivers. She knew her shit. Knew and I was like... That's best person for the job. Like Natalie Pinkham in F1, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Girl crush. Like, yeah. and, and that's why I, this is why I, we have this conversation all the time about the balance, the balance, the balance. And, I mean, you don't have gender balance with bricklayers. I do, mm. do, I don't know, like, does it come to a point women can be a bricklayer if they want, but do they really want Do they want to, to do that? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe well, 100% you yeah. can, but in if you look at multiple, num like over, you know, over, you know, time and the amount of numbers of people lifting heavy things, mm. that generally is a male. Yeah. And it's not because women can't do it. It's just that it, it, that's what it is. Yeah. So we keep trying to change. Or oh, do you want to make, you want to bring out a rule, gender balance. All right, we have, oh, you need 50% bricklaying women and 50% male. And when you say it like that, it's stupid because, no, concentrate on other things that you might be better skilled at, mm. organising, making That's sure right. people are actually mm -hmm. rocking up to events on time. And and, and some people just can't organise or don't have that spatial awareness to be able to slot things in, me being one of them. And I I think there is a there is you can't be balanced over everything. It's just about best person for the job. And I, I reckon it's a very it's a very interesting dynamic when we look to go and change everything that's happened in the past mm. to move forward. I think we need to, well, what you're doing with the the you know, year eight, your eight-year-olds and on to try and just say, hey, there is something here if that's what you want to do. And Flavia with space, you know, like mm. sending stuff into space, like there is something there. And I think that's a far better way to do it rather than just go, okay, we need to do, exactly. uh, we need gender balance. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about you, That's but I I don't think I have ever, or not directly, maybe indirectly, but never been told that I can't do something in motorsport because of my gender. And that's awesome. Matt. Neither have I. No, I've never been. I've never felt, and I've said this to in an interview with Motorsport Australia, I've never felt like I shouldn't be there. 
even if I'm the only female. The boys, the, all the all the men there don't don't make me feel like I shouldn't be there. Race control as well. I mean, there are some females in race control, but I remember when I was category manager going up to race control. Um, and that's not a fun ex- just for anyone. <laughs> you don't want to be called to race control. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I could imagine the tower. Race- JP Drake uh, to the tower. <laughs> I could imagine race control after the. Um, Abby Darby race. Holy shit. You wouldn't want to be there. But, you know, I, and I think it's the same for anyone. Mm. Um, and I, I, it is interesting hearing you two talk. You're in motorsport. You know, plenty of other ladies in motorsport. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's getting better, but I say that maybe with rose colored glasses. Or... No, no, I think you're absolutely spot on. It is definitely getting, well, I feel personally, I don't know about you, Lisa, but I feel personally it is it is getting better. And, yeah, like I said, I've never felt uncomfortable. I actually love being in the pits with you guys and um, it's fun. I love it. So do you think there is this uh, – do you think in motorsports specifically there's a, a, this, you know, sexist regime that still operates or do you think people are like, no, we want best person for the job? Uh you're both going to have to answer, so I'm not, I'm not going to let one of you off on Look, it. sex sells, right, regardless <laughs> of what it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know, women have not an advantage but can use it to an advantage, their appearance, um, you know, just being female and, like, good on them and all that. But so um, the guys. Like James Courtney, he thinks he's cute. James and stuff. Courtney. Oh, <laughs> good last name, but that's probably about it. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but guys are no different, though. No, like they they think they're uh, the fucking yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, like, no, they do. Look at me, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. good looking. Shane oh, yeah. Bergen, fair. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> a fair point. <laughs> like they they yeah. think they're good looking and yeah, I'm yeah. cool and I, but that's. That's the that's life, isn't it? Yeah. What about grid girls? Like, I'm in two minds. Bring them back. I say bring, yeah. Bring back. I, I, I don't mind. If you grid girls, grid, guys, grid boys, I don't. Grid bo- do, do boys. Grid guys. Like your, yeah, 50 50. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, if I bring back the Adelaide 0. 0.5, we're having 50 50 out there. There's yeah. going to be grid girls and grid guys because it was all about the luxuriousness. Not It wasn't about. Like whether they're oh, – that probably wasn't they're about the hot chicks. Well, it probably was, wasn't it? was, it? JP, yeah, okay. let's be honest. Right, yeah. okay. it so it probably the hot was. Yeah. Uh, but, they're all hot and But uh, would I care if there were guys on the grid? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those girls used it as a chance to then go and model and then and then go and follow something. Which comes back to what you were just yeah, saying. And, and, and used it up to their advantage and once again playing to the strength. So, you know, whether there's guys or girls there, I, I think it – it added to the whole part. It also employed someone. <laughs> just you know, I'm just I'm just trying to get the numbers up for people in work. But I could imagine a grid girl might have copped a bit of shit um, walking around the V8 sort of campus style. But maybe not. And no, maybe not. Have. And maybe not anymore. Maybe but, not anymore. I mean, but I only had it at the racetrack the other day. I was on the golf buggy and driving from the Welcome Centre to the workshop and there was a bunch of guys and they wolf whistled at me, you know? like. But I think that just happens wherever, right? Yeah, it happens to me all the time. If I knew yeah. yeah. whistle, maybe. I've I'm... heard that. Oh, it happens. Especially when you're uh, new racing. Uh, yeah, it happens yeah. to me all the time. 
But I, I mean, for us, it's about, you know, have times changed enough where that could be like seen as like, like the, Texas, they had good girls. The end. I, I don't know if there was guys there or not, but they had like the Texas cheerleading squad. Like that, they, oh, you know, wow. they didn't mess about right But that's so, cool. Though. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It's a cool, cool event. Yeah. But is that something like, is that, because de- I think that the case is that people seem that it's degrading for women to to walk around with a stick for the grid. That's exactly what it was. And go around and have photos with the fans. And I, I don't know. Is it is that degrading? Gee, look, that's a tough one. I'm not going to say if it is or isn't, but those girls or women have made a choice to be there. So yeah. they obviously feel comfortable being there and they don't feel like they're being, you know. Chastised. Uh, exactly. Or, <clears throat> or um, you know, degraded in yeah. any way, shape or form. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. But what, like this is another thing too. We always keep coming back to you think of grid girl and you think of being eject- ejectified and and all that. That's the first thing we all go to. Not that that, you know, they might be a professional dancer or actress or something, a drama. Mm. Like mm. it's always something negative that we always go back to. And I always try to think in the back of my head not to put women down and try to lift another female up. And I think that's important too in our sport when there's so few of us. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge thing. Do, do you think you'll see more women racing in motorsport? It comes down to money at the end of the day. Unfortunately, that's what it is. And I know uh, there was a race car driver. I was only speaking with her the other week and she said, I was, I thought I was good at driving, but she said, I couldn't get a sponsor. She's like, I don't know if it's because I was female or whatever. She won the XL series and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, it all comes down to budget. That's what she said. And you have to be quick. You do. And it doesn't matter if you've got plenty of money. If you're not fast and you're racing with boys, you'll just, it it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't discriminate, I no, don't think. No, it doesn't. I, 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 like you said, it's whatever time you've got. It's whatever time you've got. And, you know, they don't sit there and go, oh, sorry, that's a woman. Like There's not an M or an F next to your name <laughs> yeah, on the time right. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you don't know who's under that helmet, like JP at Queensland Raceway. <laughs> <laughs> I, trust me, I was, I was fucking surprised. <laughs> um, uh, it was crazy. Like, it was, it was. I was like, wow, look at that. 50, and I would have been, so I was double her age. Like, and I was like, fucking go her. And her dad came up, said, well done, fucking made it tough. Like, and I was like, fuck. It was, it was really, and it didn't matter. And that's, that's, that's right. I'm more matter. that way, but I get told that's not how everyone is. I mean, currently they've got the, um, there's the women's series um, for, mm-hmm. uh, it's Formula One or Formula Two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do, is that something that you think can take off or do you think that actually segregates? You know, because technically, oh, this is a good question, if I was in Formula One and I was a woman, could I race in Formula One if I was fast enough or n- or not? Or d- do women have the ability to? I actually don't know the answer. Do you guys know? Where are we at? We've got a, there's a few female test drivers and like Susie Wolf was a reserve driver. Yeah, she was. Yep. Yep. Yep, she was. I can't say I've watched the whole lot of the W Series. I watch, I keep an eye on it um, just because there's, is an Australian in yeah, there, Caitlin Wood? Caitlin Wood, yeah. Um, yeah, I keep an eye on it too, yeah. We yeah. don't necessarily see a lot of it in Australia just with our media and stuff. Yeah. But 
I'm also in two minds about this. I sit on the fence massively with W Series. Yeah. I think it's great to have the opportunity that women can, you know, are given an opportunity and like multiple opportunities because there's so many seats yeah. to um, race competitively and on the world stage. And at the same time, yeah. I, it creates a bit of a exactly. divide. Yeah, because they've created this series just for women. So it's just, it's creating that divide. So I'll then throw it into Women's Football League. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah, but mm. is is that not a good like like it gets? I don't, I look. I don't know if anyone knows exact, but does that throw it into a light of like yeah, we can have the Women's League like you know, you know they're built different. Guys and girls are built different. Yeah, it is you know unless you bundle them all in together for everything. Mm. Um, you have like I play mixed netball. Yeah, and that is extremely tough. Playing against guys, rewarding but challenging. Yeah, I don't know how it would Hang work. on, the guys they're, they're playing netball. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, JP. Oh, no, no, nothing wrong with that. No, 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 not at all. But have you played netball? I I have played netball, yeah. and I I I do have a very long story about a mixed netball. But we'll, we'll go into it another stage. Okay. But, but yeah, it's full on running. Stop. It's you know, it's full on. It's, I get it. It's but, physical. But do you do you think like I I think it's necessary to have the separate like you know the women's league or so you can actually it's, get more interest, get more spectators, get because I, I always say this: it comes down to the money, and if people want to pay money and fill up stadiums to watch the blokes. And they get more crowd, they should get paid more. But if the women, like for the tennis is a good example, where they fill up the stadium, just mm-hmm. like the blokes mm-hmm. fill up the stadium, they should get paid the same. Totally. And Agreed. the best, yeah. uh, the Women's World Cup uh, cr- uh, cricket, which was the event just before COVID hit, like yep. that was a sellout crowd at the MCG. Yeah. So, so the best of the best will, I don't know. Uh, sell out and, and that's what I, I think i think whatever draws the you know, it's all about eyes on screens eyes at events whatever that is you should get paid accordingly in yeah. my that's what i think yeah. and if you can't if you can't fill out that stadium grandstand or the viewing then i think it's a bit rich to ask for the same as what the guys get uh, that that's in that's in my eyes that's an interesting point because it because it's all about who's bringing people to the to watch and if you got an event where the the women's league is getting the same views same yeah then they should get paid the same I I think they they should and there's only a few sports where I think they do pull the foot like the women's league for the football yeah they were free entry in so you know it filled up the stadiums which is freaking awesome but you know does that change when you start charging people. Yeah, you know, and that's why I'm 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 I always come back to you f- follow the money. Whoever's paying, you know, that they want they, like eyes on the screens or whatnot. And but are you going to pay a few hundred to just see like what if the headline act at the Eclipse was zero point five, the Adelaide zero point five? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, mate. If Carmen Jordan, oh. <laughs> uh, if I could get her to drive here, one hundred percent. And I reckon I'd have plenty of other people that would be coming to see her race, but. If she wasn't fast, it would be a disappointment. Like mm. uh, Dana, the Dana Patrick. Like I, I don't know how many events she won, but she obviously won. Did, did she Dana Patrick? Did she win NASCAR races? I thought she got a podium. Yeah, like 
So they have to be quick. Yeah. It has to back up. Yeah. Like, you, you have to back it up with the results. And, and you know, I think if people can do that, and I think it's happening. I think people, you know, women's soccer, women's football, I think it is happening. I, I think more and more women are getting excited, and men, in, in getting the, the profiles of the sports higher. And I, I think that's why I think motorsport, a, a guy with a lot of money or a, a not a guy, a, a sponsor with a lot of money should be able to sponsor a, a female coming through. But if she can't produce the results, it doesn't matter. No, it and doesn't matter if you're male or female. That's yeah. always seems to, that's a comment I hate hearing from guys, actually. If there's a female <laughs> in a in an event or something and she came, she comes like mid-pack right at the back, the straight, like the first comment would be like, oh, no, well, she's not good enough because she's not winning or anything. She's not up there. Yeah, and I... I look at myself with with the prototype. I started, I was back of field, and I thought I was fucking end center. <laughs> and then it, you know another season goes by, and I'm back of field, but I'm learning, like I'm learning racecraft. And then it took me about three or four seasons to get mid pack, and then it you know it takes time to 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 get somewhere and learn craft, uh, and. I think it's the same with anyone else. It's really tough because I think females coming into motorsport, eyes on them because they're in a pink car or something and people are all watching and as soon as they don't post a top 10 yep. time, yeah. like, well, fuck, it's, they're slow. They're fuck. slow, exactly. But they're not, they're given, not given that grace period. Yeah, you need that. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that you, they don't have that. I think it's... It's a tough. It's tough one, and I think it's 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 slowly happening over time where we're breaking down those barriers uh, to to be able to get people in. And, and for me, it's 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 like anything. It's you know, if I got a full stadium, obviously th- that's wanted more than a stadium that's not. Or if they're both full, then both should be rewarded. That's that's what I think. Mm. I always try and make an effort at supercar rounds now, especially, but even just club level rounds. If there's a female name on the entry list that I haven't seen or spoken to before, I'll just make sure I go say hello. And, you know, it's always good to broaden your horizons and expand your friendship circles and, yeah, just get to know these women. Because well, yeah. do you think it's lonely for them? Um, Drivers, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm you. just trying to think. Australian Prototype Series has Sue Hughes. Yeah. Um, and she's raced for a couple seasons. Yep. And I don't know if she does. I actually think she really enjoys it. Yeah, um, she does. She does enjoy she it. Really Different sort of. Not, I, I think the series is a lot more open-minded as yeah, well. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. If you were to go up to supercars, I don't know, Simona Di Silvestro, did mm-hmm. I get that right? Yeah. She was in supercars. I can't talk to she's anyone. She's doing Indy now, isn't she? She is. She's doing Indy or, yeah, now with Porsche. Yeah, that's Porsche? right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't talk for anyone else, really. What about, yeah, I, I think it, it'd be pretty tough. I think it would be. I, I, And I think you need to have a bit of a budget to do a, a season or two. Like, it, it appears they don't quite get that. No. That Like, Chelsea, is it Chelsea Dunk, Dunkley? Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea Angelo. Um, she drives in TCR. TCR. Yeah. She can't get any, yeah. So she can't, can't get, get sponsorship? No. Right. Well, but yeah, no. But was a mid-pack finisher, maybe rear event. Yeah, and so, I think she was in Porsche Carrera Cup before. Yeah. She was at TCR. And then, yeah, she was maybe yeah, mid-pack, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, she's struggled. I don't know if COVID's played into that, but. Mm. COVID hasn't agreed. been friendly to motorsport. No. 
No, it hasn't. It's it's not something, motorsport is not something that you can just decide on that week that, oh, yeah, we're going to go play or we're going to go race at this track. <laughs> like the amount of time pre-event you need to, you know, get permits and, and all that. And There's entrance. a lot that goes So how, how, much, how far ahead are you talking when you're talking about supercars? Uh, supercars, like, um, you know, we're already planning events for next year and like 12 hour in Newcastle are the big things at the moment that's in March next year but you know you know there's so many other things contracts and that have been in place for probably a year before to get um a circuit locked in for a certain date things yeah. like that mm. and then with circuits without fans they can't make money off the canteens because they can't have fans there and then technically most teams bring all their own stuff it's 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 not an easy process, but do you think if you know categories were put together, they got rid of some categories, they buffed up some, they had you know? Do you think that's a, a step forward? And you know the V the V eight the supercars like when when you're in the same category as them, you're like the chump change uh, in another category. Yep. They're, they're the gold 100%. star. Like, uh, and everything revolves around when the TV rights are and, you know, you play second fiddle to a, a V8 round. COVID was actually, from an Excel point of view, really friendly. Like COVID was really welcoming. Not welcomed, but it was. It worked out well for us here in SA because um, last year Tail and Bed held two supercar rounds back-to-back yep. um, and Excels were able to be a support category on that bill because a lot of interstate categories couldn't come over. Um, so that was a good profile boosting thing for us being on TV and yeah. things like that. So um, so yeah. that that helped. That massively helped. So one, yeah. one part and then... Yeah. But one. moving out of COVID, I think I get what you're getting at, JP, is, yeah, the other categories, you know, uh, have to work around supercars. And yeah, or well, everything works around. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah. you, with Holden and Ford gone, do you think that's going to change a little bit? Like, do you think some kids are going to, because you either go tin top, which is like a, a car-looking thing, or you want to go aero, which is like our, the, the prototypes, prototypes where you want to be an F1. Yeah. Um, in the past, all kids just were droned Peter Brock and, you know, Moffat and you know, they wanted to be in V8s and they got paid 500 grand a year so they could earn a bit of a living. Or do you think the kids want to be like Daniel Ricciardo and then do the, you know, the F2s, the F, well, Oscar Pretorius or whatever. Yeah, he Oscar just, Piastri. Yeah, yeah. what well, he just, he won F2. A, he won F2. He won. Like these three are. Three championships in three years. Yeah. He's won. What's that? Like he's come from, basically once he moved to Europe, he's won all the championships that he's. That he could. Into. So yeah. this kid is destined for F1. Mm. Like if I was a kid, fuck, I'd be doing F1. Like, I, I wished my old man was into motorsport and fucking he hated it. So I couldn't really do motorsport until I could afford to pay for it myself. And that yeah. was that was like, I really lucked out in that one. <laughs> you did, I, because I, you I, could I, be Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> right now, Max Verstappen. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm lucked out of that a little bit. but Maybe we need uh, a Masters Championship or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Now I'm feeling old. Um <laughs> But you take two two roads to go there. And I think if you were good enough, female or male, it wouldn't matter. But the males seem to get more opportunity. Like you're saying, like good driver 
can't get sponsorship. Yeah. And that's why I think we're too quick to judge on like they have one bad result or, you know, I always look. I like if I'm how at the you track, put that actually, yeah. It, it, yeah. Takes, it takes time yeah. to learn. And like you've driven a little bit, mm. but you would be a lot better if you drove for five years. Mm. Totally, yeah. If I had proper training and yeah, you know, coaching, was, yep. money, yep, yep. <laughs> to actually, because with motorsport too, it's all the gear on top to see, you know, how you're driving on track too, and you can see your progress through through stats and graphs yep. and, and all that. So, yeah, it's um, it's not as easy as just throwing the basketball at the hoop down the local park. One hundred percent, and I think people look at cars and go, "You put the full in the accelerator, you brake late, you ex- you know," mm. and it's easy. But I have only got so much better from the coaches that I've I've had. And yeah. Winslow was one of my first coaches, and then Garner and uh, Harry Young Junior, and all of those, and they all teach you something about your own style and and how you can drive a car better because it's a lot more than just accelerator, brake, mm. turn a few corners. There's, that's right. There's like tents in And a then corner. you've got to do that every single lap. Every single lap. Yeah, it's it's very interesting and I, I can see it's not for everyone. But. It's an endurance thing too. I mean, on the weekend was, I don't know how, what the temperature was out there, but the XLs, they had eight, nine, ten lap races and it takes it out of you. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're not a, a professional athlete training yeah. for this sort That's of thing. That's a big part of being a driver as well. Fitness, fitness, reaction. People forget yeah. about that. Yeah. That yeah. you need good fitness. It's like you just sit on your ass all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perception sometimes. Oh, 100%. So who looks after the social media for your super, your Category 2? Uh, super 2. Yep, so super um, it's a combination of the Supercars digital team. Yeah. How many people are on that? Um, do you know? We've got about six or seven type things. So there's a mix between those who do your social media platforms like your Facebook, your Instagram, your um, video content on your YouTube and the website, um, journalist type written articles as well. So... Yeah. So that's a quite a large team. Does that team, you know, only rock up to race weeks, works? Um, I would say they're the digital and media and TV are one of the, probably the hardest working just yeah. because it's nonstop. non-stop. It's always yeah. producing content, um, always finding the next story, just keeping fans engaged. Uh, do you do TikTok? No, I don't. Uh. I'm a bit old, actually. I've just <laughs> recently gone on Snapchat. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Well, TikTok's I, taking off. I'm thinking of doing it for Jam. Well, for younger, I, it's so hard. It's another platform, but it's, yeah. it depends what like sort of age group you want to get into. That's why it's a team of eight that follows what twenty drivers. Uh, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five drivers, team of eight. So that's that. That's main game, and then we've got another sixteen, seventeen in Super Two, and they cover those as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So that's, um, you know, and that's another thing that people, if you want to get, that might be something else that you could go into if you really wanted to go into it. Because I, I like taking photos and stuff, but editing's totally different. Mm. Like, Ollie loves editing. Freelancing uh, is a big thing in motorsport. I don't know if it's just mm. one side of motorsport, but there's a lot of freelancers and people who contract their, like, their skills out as such. So Is that because it's hard to, f- like, as someone to pay for someone to follow each track, but if they live in Adelaide, they could make the bend their home track? Yeah, potentially. And just there's a lot of flexibility, I suppose, then instead of working for one particular team or one particular driver as such, um, yeah, you just spread yourself around multiple categories and things like that. 
So you had a, a, you know, you were talking about Lisa when you, when you saw the cars and you're like, yep, I'm going to go to a race. Is that, what age was that, did that happen? Um, I did the junior program probably when I was 16. So I was learning to drive as well. And this is a whole nother topic, but I feel like there isn't enough correlation between motorsport and um, bringing up good drivers on the yep. road, which is a ah, whole yeah. nother topic. But um, I know I, I've learned a lot. Um, car control wise, um, from my racing, and yeah. it's not about being a hoon on the road, but just sort of understanding conditions and stuff more. So, so how do you how do you encourage that? Like, how do you um, how do you think we can encourage that? I mean, like the program that I volunteer with, um, the JDP, which development program, which different clubs run. Um, we focus more on motorsport, but you know, there's also classroom sessions about road safety. Um, and, you know using fire extinguishers, um, yeah, just radio communications, which is a big thing in motorsport, um, just different facets that you can apply to driving on the road as well. So how does someone join that program? Um, they, If you want to look up Tarmac JDP on yep. Google, um, go to the website. We run it um, full time, well, sorry, once a year over four months, four days, and um, it's for kids between 13 and 17 who want to get in. To motorsport, this is club level stuff. Yep. Um, but you know, people have gone through and come through Formula V and XLs uh, to race, and um, yeah, drive it. They sit with a driver trainer on each of these days, and um, they yeah, basically learn the skills of racecraft. So that that there, what most people might not realise about motorsport is, it, no matter what you do, you need to be a member of a club. So, yeah. so no matter yeah. what, you actually have to be a member of a club. Yep. And I, I don't think people, they just see the V8s or F1 and they... The hey. V8 drivers are members of car clubs too. Yeah, 100%. Everyone's yeah. got a CAMS license. Yeah. Or, sorry, Motorsport Australia Motorsport, license. Yeah. Everyone's got a car club car membership. Club. And you need to. looking at that wouldn't know. But. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think we can put the link to that on, on here because okay. I, I didn't know it was that easy. Did you think you'd be doing it get into? Do you think as a career you'd be looking into motorsport? Like, not really. No, like other things outside, like environment and politics, has always been my hobby, hobby and passion. But motorsport just became a weekend type activity, which has now turned into my nine to five thing. So, <laughs> and Courtney, like um, you, was, you said, you just fell into it. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I did. Um, I think maybe if I hadn't have met Aaron, I'm not sure if I would, like I would like to have done it and I've said that, like, you know, obviously went to F1 and Clipsal and didn't know how to get involved. If I, if I know, if I knew then what I know now, um, then potentially, yeah, because I would, lo I love travelling around, I love being at the racetrack, I love, I love everything that I do, so... And I grew up with four brothers, so motorsport. Motorsport stimulates all the senses. Yeah. Yeah. Highs, lows. <laughs> Highest of highs, lowest of lows. <laughs> yeah. Smell, everything. Sound. Yeah, sound. Yeah, sound. Yeah. Yep. Everything. It's a big social. I, it's Personally, I love the social yeah. aspect of motorsport. Yeah. So what advice um, could you give someone that wants, wants to get into motorsport? A young person that wants to get into motorsport first year later. Uh, if you're interested in anything motorsport, then definitely get in contact with Motorsport Australia because they can point you in the direction. Your car clubs are honestly your best place to start. Mm -hmm. Everyone's aiming for Formula One and, and all that and, you know, 
We all are. But your car clubs and your local events and meetings is where you start, where you learn, you know, everything that you need to learn and the basics and the people that you meet. Because even like some of the people you meet at um, club meetings are, you know, your big names as well. So mm. yeah. that's what I suggest. And Courtney? Yeah. yeah, I agree with Lisa. It's it's getting involved at your club level. And if you do... If, they do want to go to the Motorsport Australia website. I think all the car clubs are actually listed on there. Mm. Um, so you can go to your state and look at what car clubs are in your state and, and contact them. And like Lisa said, these the people in the car clubs are also connected within the motorsport world so they can connect you to, to whoever you might need to be connected with. I don't so. know if you... Sorry, interrupted. No, if, you, um, no. if you're watching the F1 telecast last night, like how much of a small world it was, you might have seen they showed Michael Massey. Yeah. Um, but sitting next to him David was David Murray. David Murray, yeah. who's a fantastic South Australian. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's a local. He was there. And he started out as a waving a flag. Yeah. At Malala. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. See? Just got to be in that. That's right. Just got to be in it to win it. Yep. Um, who do you, Lisa, who do you look up to? most in the motorsport industry that's a tough one who do i look up to um look the likes of jessica dane and stuff and what the the way that she holds herself and um how professional she is and operation that they run triple eight um i look up to that um aside from that i don't know if i do look up to anyone in particular to be honest um I'm just, yeah, male or female. I'm not quite, yeah, I don't know if I no. actually do. It's all right. It's just a, I go to different people for different problems. And um, my boss at Supercars, like he's been around for a long time and, yeah, he's quite good to talk to as well. But aside from that, no, I can't say I do. No. All right. Courtney, anyone you look up um, to? I'm probably similar to Lisa in that, like, Jess, I love what she does. She runs a team. She's doing all this other stuff and I wish I had more of an insight and wish I could actually have one-on-one time with her because I think I'd learn a lot, especially from running the race team side because I'm so new to it. Um, But like Lisa, I don't think there's anyone in particular, male or female, it is like I've contacted, you know, the guys in Motorsport Australia and gone, what do I do here or whatever. Um, but also there was um, a lady in Sydney who was um, part of a team that is our position and she was fantastic. But I think like even if I went to Lisa and said, hey, what should I do here? Um, it's we, We're all like one big family really and we kind of all help each other. And it actually it doesn't matter if I'm going to a male or a female at yeah. all. So um, what, what do you think is the you know, the biggest challenges moving forward with motorsport? Hmm. I think may, being relevant to younger generations coming through. Like I think you always have the drivers who are, you always have young drivers coming through who want to race um, and be world champion or whatever. But I think maintaining relevance to the fan as a sport, I see maybe as a challenge going forward. Um, Excel's. It is great to watch um, when you're there at the track, but might not be the most exciting thing to watch TV as such. You might think, why are we watching Korean hatchbacks that are 20 years old? (laughs) But 
But <laughs> I, yeah, I think maintaining relevance in the top level forms of motorsport and cost, definitely cost as a competitor or anything going forward. Courtney? Mm. I have to agree it's cost as well to keep these people, to, you know, young people coming up through the ranks that may not have the budget. It's it's definitely keeping the cost, you know, to a minimum. I know that we, it, the prototype series debate entry fees every year because they want to keep it affordable. They want to keep people coming back to race um, and good racing, like having that good racing to watch. Yeah, people want to see overtaking. Yeah. Simple as that. So it's um, creating creating that within a series, um, I think, keeps the fans interested and great for the series as well. There's so many outside influences, track hire, licences that come into play with motorsport. It's not just having a car and being able to drive it wherever you want. So, yeah. yeah. Well, talk Accessibility. about, talk about interesting. Mm. F1. Clearly, this season's been one of those seasons like no, no other. other. Mm. You probably watched the both watched last like, which was the final. I think it was Battle of the Desert, Battle in the Desert. I think they were promoting it as, you know, Netflix would be rubbing their hand with their drive to survive. Like they would be loving an ending like that because, out of everything that happened, other than the bonkos, the bonkoness of what happened in that last race, last lap, coming down to literally the last one minute, 20 seconds for a whole season. For it could have been the new worldly eight-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton, which would be the most ever, I think, to go past Michael Schumacher, or the first time. That is just something that you couldn't write a script about. And I was thinking, watching all the like Drive to Survive. My my wife hates; she's not into cars whatsoever. But Drive to Survive, I really liked it. Oh, I can understand why you do it. They were obviously you could see them there last night, feel, yesterday, and they would have been loving this because you can't script what happened. Uh, unfortunately, you can't all have series is that exciting. No, <laughs> unfortunately, there are some boring races. Because yeah. I think I think what that highlighted was the rules and regulations. They're, they're quite complex when you get to such an elite level. Yeah. I forgot to bring it in, but I was going to bring you in my Bible, which is my rule book. Which, uh, uh, what, you have a rule book? Yeah, Supercars Operations Manual, which I was going to bring in and show you. Okay, how and how wow. thick is that? That's like, it's like that, which no one can see that on the podcast. It's about it's, an inch, too. It's, it's, you know, double back-to-back pages. and it's Of what you can and can't do. Of basically, of what you, yeah, basically. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, no, I'm but there's sh- so many grey areas as well. Yeah, too, yeah. And it's like the rules. Well, that's what happened yesterday. And mm. I don't know if it's been overturned yet. At this point in time, it has. They, they, it has. What? No, don't they're, know. Both no. of Mercedes um, protests were They were denied. overturned, yeah. But didn't they lodge a new one or something? That's right, so was section well. blah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The There's another one that we're waiting on. That's insane. The great thing about last night's race was, and the same with Bathurst actually a few weeks ago, it was on mainstream media everywhere. Like ABC News was running stories about it, which you don't normally see for motorsport, yeah. which was so good for the sport as a whole. Yeah, because yeah. it sounds yeah, it sounds all flash and, that, and that's the, the elite. But I was, it's amazing how many people watched it. To, to me it was, it just goes to show how complex the sport is. 
Mm. And it, you don't quite see it. And most people aren't going to sit and watch for two hours. Like me personally, love motorsport. But I, I, if I want to watch an F1 race, I want to sit and watch it so I can hear all the commentary. And it's far better than at a track because at the track I'm usually talking, drinking too yeah. much, eating too much, and then it's like, oh, shit, hang on. Well, hey, 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 who, 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 who yeah, like yeah. it? So I like taking it in, which is another – it's a funny way to look at it. So where do you guys think the, the future of motorsport is in Australia or in South Australia, like Lisa? Where do you, how, do you, how do you think the future looks? I think the future's looking really good. Um, supercars um, – unveiled the Gen 3 cars at Bathurst, yep. which is the Mustang and the Camaro, and um, they look great. They sound great. Um, there was a lot of positive feedback from um, all the patrons and um, fans that were able to see the cars up close. Um, they did a few track demonstrations, and I'm sure fans can look forward to more of those. So I, I think from that high level, um, it's going in a really good direction um, for the sport, um, TV, and the TV broadcast deals and stuff recently have been massive for the sport. Yep. Um, just really opened it up to fans and Supercars and Media do a great job at just bringing it all um, to everyone's lounge room. Mm. Yeah. They do. Locally, um, like I know the XLs are still growing as a category. Um, so I think club level wise, um, it's looking good for the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, cost is just going to be a, yeah, it's an ongoing would, problem. Yeah, in motorsport, Courtney. Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I think it's looking good, but I think coming back to your point earlier, JP, is that um, we just like top level will always be supercars, and we know that. Um, we just I think motorsport Australia need to be mindful not to saturate the the market with too many series. You know, maybe combine them. Um, to create that great racing, that's what's that what that's what fans want. They don't want cars of you know grids of six to nine cars or whatever. Put them all together. Um, and I, I you know through this year, I read comments of people saying there's too many series. What what another one? Here we go again. You know. So I think, yeah, I think my I think it'll be good, but I think yeah, I mean I don't have any influence over that. But <laughs> one make production car series have. Are like a my thing, like the eighty mm. sixes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, things like I mean, it's not a production car, but the um, little Aussie racing cars and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yep. The old Ute series, yep. things like that. People can relate to, and it's relevant. Um, that's like where I know that's where my passion is, as such. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, they're even racing like highlights as. Uh, I was watching. Oh, yeah, that. that's like, the that's the Utes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, mate, whatever. That's whatever. right. If you want to do it, uh, you go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think I think it'll be I think it'd be good. But yeah, it obviously does come back to cost and locally, um, we've got the state rounds that that happen. Um, oh, you always get a good mix of entrance. But what uh, would you do to bring back the the Adelaide Five Hundred? What would I? What, was there any? Is it no way? It's gone. It's over. Is there? You know, if you if you two were in power, to be able to buy all that equipment on that auction. In my dreams, um, in my yeah. dreams, the Adelaide Five Hundred would be. Um, I think it's going to become like we did it well beforehand, but it's going to be more than just a motor race. It's got to be. I think everything. I think it can be that. 
um, like an expo of of STEM and what we create and design and build in South yeah. Australia and agreed. Um, you know the future of technologies and and all that. So not just a motor race, but potentially a car show or a an expo type thing. And you know, bring in the gourmet stuff of your food and your wine and your your music um, can be just a festival mm. type thing, which like was the idea and succeeded well. But I think if it's going to come back, it needs to have that Has, extra yeah, element. That- to it yeah i i've always thought mixing events together is the way to go mm. something for everyone oh yeah i was going to say um you asked about the future of motorsport um if anyone is interested in getting involved officiate like officials i think the average age i don't know what the average age of, of officials are but volunteers going forward we're not having the renewal of younger mm. people coming through um, which is like officiating is a very physical and like demanding role or roles. Um, so that's a challenge going forward, getting younger people and more people to come volunteer basically to replenish those who are may not be physically able to anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so sorry. Uh, what? So you want them to? Or? Oh yeah, we need we need a lot more. Volunteer. I'm not pleading for anything, but like <laughs> it is, a, it's a problem that's you know yeah. it's facing motorsport too. Like it runs off volunteers. Yeah, if you don't have them, you can't go racing. Yeah, yeah. I I was in the Adelaide Rally just recently, and I thought that was a pretty cool event, mm. and very well organised. Um, you know, to put normal cars, and then at the final thing they had a bit of a street party kind of mm. thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. But during the Friday, they had a Guja Street party shut down where the cars went down. I think I was meant to go to stuff. I, I didn't know about it. But the, on the final day, there was um, the street party and they had the big marquee. Zagami put on a great, great thing there. And they also had the other cars. And they, so they had a heap of cars on show, had some music going. And I was like, that was a good way to, to combine them together because people love seeing cars if they're into cars. Mm-hmm. And being in the city, once again, it yeah. was it was at the end of Rundle Street. So it's sort of trying to bring people, you know, together. And that's why the city for Adelaide worked. I I personally think the Ben's a wild venue. Like it's it's amazing. And but the thing that made the this the rally work was the fact that they did try to come into the city in the end where that what was that? Show? There was a show there, shootout or something. What was that? There was a show in that was in the city. And I was there of jam. When after the rally? No, no, no. Like a few years ago, but it got canned. Oh, yeah, yeah, festival. yeah. Motorsport festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah where you went around now, the F one track. That, circuit, yeah, yeah that, Victoria Park. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. And. As a person that races, when you drove the car in there, there were people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it was the, they were using Goodwood Festival mm-hmm. Speed rules where you you were letting people just walk around mm-hmm. and you were driving back to like where mm. your pit was. And I was like, wow, this is wild. That, yeah. So that to me That's was a big wild. thing. Uh, fans love access to the cars. Like, and like you've seen it at the track. Yeah. They'll stand. They won't cross that line. Yeah. And we have to invite them in and they just a look on their faces. Yeah. Um, and I think create, like, that's what we need, like a hybrid between that event and the 500. Yeah. yeah. And the Adelaide Rally, bring it all together. Well, Boom. Boom. There you go. <laughs> like, Tim, if you're listening. Solving yeah, violence. Tim, we can, we can just, help out. But that to me is what, what you need to do. Okay. 
We, we have some questions from people online. Oh, wow. Uh, well, some of these we've answered, okay, by the looks of this. I'm reading these questions for the ter- first time. Um, without the Holden slash Ford rivalry and cars that you can't afford, is V8 supercars dead? No, it is definitely <laughs> not dead. <laughs> it is the sense. biggest <laughs> motor racing category in the country and it's not going to change overnight or for a while. As I said before, Gen 3 is going to be exciting. Supercars, uh, motorsport fans are really good keyboard warriors. Like I'm sure that's the same for every sport, but it's the same supercars for everything. The motorsport supercars fans are really good keyboard warriors, um, mm. and very good at being negative. Um, but there are there are real people behind the sport that do an amazing job, and um, you know, no human is perfect. But uh, no, it's, but then I was born. <laughs> Then I was born and um, <laughs> it's been great ever since. <laughs> All right. So you're pretty, that was a pretty easy one. I Do yeah. you think the FIA made Max win on purpose last night? No. I think if you start going down that um, rabbit hole, then you start believing in some other crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty, um, it's pretty wild. Um yeah. Oh, well, that's to you, not to me. So I, I like I, I, I don't think so, but I think Red Bull. Your keyboard warriors. Well, I think Red Bull took lots of risks in that race because they were always behind Hamilton. Yeah. Like Hamilton yeah. was calling all the shots, mm-hmm. and Mercedes had the outright pace. I mean, if they, 100%. I'm not an engineer or anything, but if they came in and put the soft tires on or the super softs or yeah. the red, soft, then the, he definitely had the pace to. But, but, he didn't but, have track. Correct. Position. So by yeah. the time, so as soon as that got announced, Red Bull jumped in. Yeah. And then the safety car, Hamilton's behind. So then he would have to come in off and he didn't want to give up track position, but they fucked up. They should have just said, come in. I think yeah. he said it well before. Like the drivers made no mistakes. It wasn't the drivers, it was the teams. Mm-hmm. Teams to win or lose. Type the calls. A hundred percent. that they made. And I would love to know what Hamilton's dad said to him. Because you could see it was something quite intense, but it was probably, dude, you've won seven world championships. It's cool. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> You're okay. Like, <laughs> We're not going to think of you any less. You'll still be part <laughs> of the family. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Just to get a bonus for winning X number of races. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, well, we kind of answered it. What's your experience been as a female in motorsport and what advice would you have for someone wanting to enter it? So we've kind of mm. talked a bit about. Do you want to elaborate on that? Just yeah, do it. Yeah, like if you want to give right. something a go, I've always found the the guys and the girls who um, associated within car clubs to be welcoming and friendly. And they just, if someone's interested and has a passion, then they will take That's them under right. their wing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've found it. I said it before. I found it very welcoming. I've never felt like I shouldn't be there. And um, yeah, like if you want to get involved get into your car clubs. Just and do it. Just do it, Politics. exactly. Or contact, you know, Lisa or I will yep. we'll point you in the right direction. Um, why did, yeah, okay, someone's saying, why did they invent the W Series and why wouldn't they just let women into F1? Mm. Uh, it's not as simple as just letting someone into Formula 1. Like, I don't even know how exactly it works, but no. Um, something to I. do with money. 
bit of lots that. of yeah. it. And uh, like I think if JP had like a, I think it's a hundred million dollars to run a basic F one team for the year. Does that sound right? I I think it's something like that. So if someone had that, potentially they could. But if their drivers weren't lapping within ten percent, I don't think they can they can race. I, th- I think there are rules. So they got a um, in supercars. It's one hundred and seven percent rule. Which okay. is basically 107% of the fastest time. So you have to be within that um, to be sort of classified. And if you're not, you have to seek permission to start a session or a race. And that's just to, that's a safety thing. Like, I think yeah. at the end of the day, safety is a massive part of motorsport too. And a lot of decisions come back to that as well. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So I, I think, well, there's, we know it's not as easy as that. We've got a very intellectual question from J Mac. Oh, here we go. <laughs> How awesome. much would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck? chuck <laughs> He's such an idiot. So thanks for that, Jay. Uh, J-Dog. Um, is, okay, this is an interesting question. Is there a race to hire women in motorsport? Is there a race to hire women in motorsport the way it is in tech? Oh, okay. Um, I, mm. I don't I don't think, think so. so. No, no, I wouldn't have said. I don't think there are like opportunities being created just for women. No, or something or that. I don't know if there's any like aside from driving, like female academy or no, apprenticeship not. type. That's interesting. No, yeah, I don't we don't actually have that. No, no, we don't. Like, female apprenticeship type roles or anything like dedicated. No, no, just get into it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nothing. Still being I think from a personal point of view, like seeing how it all works, I know there's, um, there's, you can't do everything, but I think supercars or like high level motorsport categories can do a lot more to um, interact with maybe universities and TAFEs and stuff like that um, for experience and and that sort of thing. And I think that's we do have work experience kids at events, but at partnership. Yeah, we we. Yeah, motorsport, we're going to use some um, kids that are at TAFE yep. to do work experience at Winton, which was a failed round. Yep. But um, they're already at TAFE. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's the relationship with the TAFEs. And I think that's what Girls and Track is also trying to create, that yep. relationship between schools yep. um, to create that platform. But Well, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, but yeah, no race as such. No too. race. No, no. I, see, I think they're meaning, or should there be? Should we be trying to? Oh, should we try? Okay. No, I don't, I'm not saying There's di- There's lots of different platforms where you can get involved. Yeah. I, I don't know so if there wouldn't be eight roles delicate. unless there's no. a demand. Yeah. All right. Do you think Michael Massey will be fired? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm that. not skilled enough to answer. No, neither am I. Got no idea. What do you think, JP? No, I don't. From the driver's seat. Mate, what do you he think? did. Yeah, as a driver, what do you think? Uh, um, His comments. As a, as a, what they want people to watch and talk about, he pff, couldn't have done it any better. Like, yeah. the fact that they oh, let them lap, unlap themselves, but not all of them, but just pulled, <laughs> it is gold. And it happened literally a few corners before the safety car could peel off. It's actually really? it's remarkable. <laughs> it, it, another lap. If another lap had gone, it, they then would have been under red, and that would have been a sh- boring because everyone's getting pretty pumped up. Mm. But 
That's yeah. why Toto wanted his lap back. Oh, mate, he was not happy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the senior officials do a great job at making decisions on the fly. Yeah, 100%. They made a decision like that. Yep. And one thing I hated was the, like, Toto and Horner, like, they're sitting there pleading at, with the with uh, Massey. So they're pleading with the FIA guy. Like, hey, you in the fairness of... And I think that shouldn't be on. They should not be able to talk yeah, to Yeah, what them. are your thoughts about having, like, the team managers being able to have direct contact nah. with the tower? Nah, right? No, that shouldn't be happening. Well, they all do it. Mate, they played what they were saying. They, they were literally, come on, in, in fairness, like, they're all pleading their case. And that's only what we hear. I'm sure there's more going they on. Would that, be they should not talk to them. No, no, no. Imagine you having... Oh, fuck. Direct contact Jesus with the race Christ. control. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. No. All right, ladies. Be messy. Um, 229 mil per car per squad. So you need half a billion dollars to be in an F1. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Stop maybe saving. I need something to come off. You know, Anyone wants to sponsor? <laughs> contact you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you these individually. Um, uh, starting with you, Lisa, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Um, environmental science and town planning. Wow. What a totally different. Yeah. Greening uh, suburbs and building train lines and yep. New ways to recycle is my, yeah. Wow. You'd be selling carbon abatements. Actually, that's one thing which motorsport, I I can't say this out loud but I'm going to uh, on a podcast but um, being, becoming more sustainable and more green I think is something that the higher level categories and events as a whole can work on things like bottle recycling bins and the amount of paper that we use and we print and those sort of things not just the fact that the cars run on you know a certain type of fuel or whatever and you know that's contributing to everything but just the way that we use products and stuff at events like we don't have we have drink bottles but everyone just goes and grabs another drink bottle yeah. and that goes into the bin but doesn't get recycled just little things like that that events things that i notice at events we're not really sustainable we're a very um one use type thing so soon we'll be driving electric cars yeah racing mm-hmm. them around maybe they'll be the v8 electric ground <laughs> It's an electric V8. It's like the Taycan calling it a turbo and it's not. Oh, wow. There was, the a, um, coming to. There was a motorsport event last week um, here in Adelaide at Wollonga Hill Climb and there's, I don't know if it's the first time that an electric vehicle has run in SA, but there was a Tesla that ran in that event and it was very quick, but you're watching the video and you're just waiting for it to start and it just <laughs> starts moving. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't ready for that because there was no, no noise. No, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no build up to it. Yeah. Mm. It's coming. It's coming. I mean, that's going to be an interesting. That yeah. I think what it's we're interesting. Move to. Haven't they got to Formula E where they don't need to swap cars halfway through at the race or something? Or yeah, can they... they can power up, so they can add, add power by going over certain parts of the track. Wow. In Formula E, it gets yeah. charged through the ground. Now I wish I did engineering or something. So they yeah, have the hairpin fine. where you should go around, and then they have the outside of the track where you can charge up your car, and they give you boosts so you can use that for. Um, quicker laps. Yeah, it's wow. it's there. Yeah, yeah right. Mm, interesting. Imagine, this yeah. What would you be doing, Courtney? Uh, flight attendant. Flight attendant. Traveling the world, living my best life. 
Not a lot of work the last two years. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) If there wasn't COVID. (laughs) You're funny. Take that. Um, Take that. (laughs) Lucky I've got motorsport. Well, motorsport didn't really happen either. So, you know, probably can't talk. Lucky lucky I'm an executive assistant by day. But, yeah, I always wanted to be a flight attendant. I know. I know it's a glorified waitress, but whatever. Did you ever be? Were you ever one? No. No. I went, I went and lived in London instead and travelled that way. But, you know. As someone who can't, like, I'm not a great flyer. Like, as soon as I get on the plane, I try to fall asleep because okay. I just get motion sickness. Mm-hmm. I hands oh, down give it to, right. um, to flight attendants because I couldn't help someone if I needed to if the plane was going down. <laughs> Trust me, no one's helping anyone. Nah, if you're going down, <laughs> you're going down. Like, that's it. Sit back and enjoy the ride. So, um, yeah. Lisa? What do you wish you'd known now? What do you wish you had known when you'd first started out and what would be the advice you could give to an up-and-coming Lisa? Oh, um, like we're constantly learning. Like I'm starting my new role. Um, I think just ask questions and just constantly, I don't know, go back and review what you've done because I think you can always do it better not next time, but you can always learn from how you've done it the first. Uh, I don't know, just constantly talk to people and just, I don't know, get yourself out there. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't so know. So this is to a 16-year-old. To a 16 year um, yeah. I don't know, because I feel like I've done a pretty good job. Well, what, what advice <laughs> can yeah, you tell yeah, them? Yeah, that's right. So you're, you're looking down and saying, hey, um, hey, guys, just do it. Just actually just don't be afraid. Don't worry about the barriers. Don't. I think like if you have an opportunity. Don't be afraid that you're female. Like just fucking do it. Yeah, mm. I wish I, you know, had the opportunity to drive. I probably would have competitively and stuff. That would have been great. If that's not your thing, then um, I would definitely go back and do STEM-related subjects as well because that is the future as such um so i would definitely say if you got the opportunity with that then do it um for the role that i'm doing now um the one thing i've always done is just put your hand up for anything and everything and just say yes yes and try different things i've been told on multiple occasions you know you need to choose lisa you need to choose one thing and stick to it and no it's so helpful and handy when you get to this level of like supercars and all that if you can not be an expert at everything but have an understanding of how the different facets of how the race meeting works you know you're so valuable so learn as much as you can and don't set be set on one thing yeah 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 multitask yeah yeah all right courtney what's Uh, the one thing that you would be telling uh, i would say something very similar to lisa um I think I kind of just jumped in and went into a team and had never really been involved in motorsport and really had no idea about regulations and driver's briefings and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, what is all this? So starting at a club level and I think you, you, you that's what you did as well. Um, but also learning as much as possible and it comes back to that volunteering like I did the category manager role and then I was, you know, in race control and there was so many different facets to a race meeting and I know a little bit. I don't know it all but I know a little bit. So it's um, it's forever learning, forever asking questions, having, having someone that you can call on, whether that's someone in Motorsport Australia or a team or 
I don't know, a race car, anyone, um, and just getting involved. It's like the Girls on Track program, I'm a volunteer. I'm not getting paid to do that. It's yeah. because I want to learn more and help others. Working for supercars, I, I was volunteering. I'm not getting paid to do that, but that's benefiting me. Yeah. Being out at the bend, I volunteered that weekend at supercars and I learned heaps. Yeah. So I think sometimes you just have to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there and and volunteer and um, yeah, you meet lots of different people as well, and that will also help. Always do the shitty jobs. Like yeah. I still take out the trash and the yeah. rubbish. Like <laughs> ego. Like yeah, don't that's don't right. get too big. It's so easy to. I get clean a big cars at race meetings. <laughs> I put tire warmers on. I do everything. Yeah. Okay. Know? I wash jocks. It- oh my god if there was one thing that you could do that would have an impact on the world what would it be uh outside of motorsport or in no one thing any out you've guys that's a big question you've kind of uh, you've you've kind of talked about it oh for me it would be something recycling i don't know just uh, something sustainability-wise. Yeah. Moving forward. Courtney? Um, What's the one thing? We've had as things from like world peace to people just saying, just I want to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have had, we, we had a Really? Quiet, yeah, wow. So, so there's people like, yes, environment, yes. There's people like, fuck, I just want to make more money. So that's a, Well, that would it, be nice. But, what's the um, one one thing that you could do that would have an impact on the world? Gosh, teaching people how to use their indicators. No, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Te- teaching people how to change lanes. Oh my god, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, what is it for me? I think I don't know. Being like a, I don't know. It sounds lame, but being like a mentor for somebody. Like I didn't, I didn't really learn about mentors until probably like five years ago. If you met some of my teachers. I was the shyest kid. I wouldn't say anything. I was very reserved. I had no confidence. So just trying to instill that in young women and girls, that's one thing that I would like to do. Boom. Be approachable. Yep. Now, we have one one real hard-hitting question. <sighs> Not good with the easy ones. <laughs> this one gets people stumped all the time, but... Well, these are your standard questions, are they? This okay. this one here, this is the one that really stumps people. If you died and came back as a board game, um, what board game would best describe your life so far? It doesn't have to be a board game. I think we even opened it up. It could be just a game. Like, you know, it could be you could be a gamer that you know, talks about Halo or something. Halo <laughs> describes my life or War of Duty or the custom. What's it called? What's War of Duty? Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Duty. <laughs> Whatever. Call of Duty. Right. You know, that could be it. So a game, right? Yeah. So, well, but there's, you know, people have said Snakes and Ladders and people have said Monopoly and like that. What is a board game that best describes your life? Uh, it's not a board game, but Chinese Whispers sometimes best describes my life. Okay, please wow, explain. explain please that. Explain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, uh, there's always, I don't know, I've, I haven't ever been caught up in drama. Chinese, but so Chinese, Chinese whispers, you is know, that like from Oh, no, no, like how you start out with one story and then it 
turns out to be something oh, completely right. different. Right. Okay. Interesting. Right. Interesting okay. game, but I never had that, so I'm um excited. I've I've got a new one. Okay. Courtney. Hmm. Probably not the game as such, but maybe the name. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Kaplunk. Well, <laughs> I'm not trouble. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? This is the game that describes your fucking life. <laughs> it is. It is. It is my life. I think being in motorsport is trouble. It's um. It's uh. And being with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, a little bit like Lisa, Chinese whispers too, I guess. Oh, I don't shut know. Up. You, both, you can't just sit and agree because there's, Lisa's sitting oh, next no. to you. It doesn't fucking work like no, that. No, like with, if you, with motorsport, there's a lot. It's such a small community. Yep. So there is a lot of like, oh, I heard the wolf racing cars. that You, you can't buy them under $400,000. I'm like, if you're a female and you put yourself out there, it just, uh, I don't know. Not, not that it follows you around, but I have become accustomed to a bit of that Chinese whispers starts up. So is that like a because you're females or what? Like I, I don't. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure where this this angle has come from. Not, not that. Yeah, no, I that. don't know if you've ever, have you ever. Ex- no, no, not not okay. not personally. I think just as a motorsport team and the cars that we run and. Motorsport's so big from the outside, but yeah, like you said, on the inside, everyone really knows everyone. Small. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. What do, I don't know. What are you trying to say? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. Well, she's not going to elaborate. No, you I can won't. tell. So, <laughs> okay, I, I, I want to from a female perspective, though. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Uh board game. You can't have a fucking word. I, I, you've got to pick. Trouble a board is game. a board game. Yeah, it is. It is a board game. I've just looked it up. That's what I like. <laughs> Is that are, are you gonna are you gonna go with that where you press the thing and it goes in or no? Um, God, it's not that easy. You can't just sit and you're like the thirty second guests we've had here, and everyone has no one just says a oh, word like fuck, <laughs> I'm fucking trouble. Like, fuck, it doesn't work like that. Um, a board game, God, mm. like there's let's see. Do you want to hear mine? What's yours? Scrabble. Why? Because with scr- with some things I say it's brilliant, some things I say not so brilliant. <laughs> All of them would get scored accordingly by certain people. So yes, I get good points for that. Yeah, you know, I get bad points for that. But you'll never know what you're going to get next. Scrabble. I like that. I do like. Well, so that. do I. That's why I picked it. Right. But- <laughs> <laughs> um, just to help you out a bit, there's snakes and ladders we've had. Oh, that's uh, a common one. Yeah, Twister. Yeah. Twister. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is Twister because, honestly, I never know what I'm doing. Back. Well, exactly what I'm doing. When a race meeting comes, you never know what you're going to get. Like some people could ring the day before and go, I need an extra room for my guest. I'm like, jeepers, all right. And then somebody's entering late or somebody's pulling out late and you just, but it's always, my life is always, yep, yep, a bit of a twist and right, let's make this work. I like that one, Twister, there we go. Um, And because I work full time as well, so. Yeah, you do, you you actually do. You do the motorsport part and, uh, as your side hustle. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yep. Which, Which is, is like a full-time job sometimes. Ah, oh, I don't know how you do it. Like, yeah, you, you also, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty funny. 
Twister. Like full on. All right. Yep. Twi- right. Got it. Yep. Twister, Twister and. Yep. Uh, I'll go Twister as well, actually. Can I go that as well? Oh, yeah. Chinese Whispers. Yeah, that okay. That's not a board game. The combination game, between Chinese Whispers while playing Twister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Well, there you have it. A lot of things discussed. A little bit about oh, um, motorsport. A um, little bit about women in motorsport. And, and for me, the resounding thing is, hey, just do it. And actually, you know, you're saying that there is a lot of women in motorsport. There, there are lots of women doing roles throughout the motorsport community. And, you know, anyone can have as much chance as anyone else. Is that the summary that I could get from it? Yeah. And if you wanted to and you were thinking, oh, it's all boys, then, hey, no, that's not necessarily the case. You two prove that along with the many other um, females out there that are that are in the industry. So you just go ahead and do it if you want to get into motorsport. Is that yeah. a fair enough assumption? That's, that's a fair assumption, Yep. And you've seen that. Thank you very much for your enlightening. It was all enlightening until the name of the board game there, which is you just went Trouble. with a word. It's the first person said, I'll just give you a word. Well, see, there we go. See, see if he takes that. Um, I do thank you very much. Um, obviously, Courage, we're going to put a whole lot of links um, in wherever we can for ways that people can get into motorsport. Um, all the things that you've talked about, the links there as well. So people, if they do want to, if there are young girls coming through that do want to get yeah. into the the program, that they can. And I think it's great that we're working from the grassroots because that's definitely where you're going to pick up a lot of people that are interested in motorsport and see where it goes. Because if they're not racing V8 engine cars, they might be racing um, electric cars or then they might even be racing flying drones. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure we will see moving forward. So thanks for thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And thanks for talking about all things motorsport. Loved it. Yeah. Thanks. It's great. Thank you. I'll keep an eye out for you on track. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be behind you.